0: You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 Network.
1: You're listening to episode 290 and I'm your host, Brittany Martin. Joining me today is Polly Shandorf. Polly taught middle school and high school for 15 years and found herself burnt out. After attending a boot camp for Ruby on Rails, she got a job at Stack, a startup in downtown Baltimore for close to three years. After taking time off to raise her son, she rejoined the workforce at USCIS at Washington, DC. Polly adores the Ruby community and continuously stays involved by being an organizer for Ruby for Good. She assisted with event planning and management with Python for Good. Ruby by the Bay, and their latest and biggest event, Ruby for Good East. She is also one of the organizers of WeCamp, a code retreat and unconference in the woods in the suburbs of D.C. Welcome to the show, Polly.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Polly, what is your developer origin story?
0: Uh, so as you said, um, I was a teacher for 15 years, and uh, during that time, I took a workshop um, at Georgetown University for uh, teachers. And they gave us a Raspberry Pi and um taught us a little bit of Python and I was like absolutely hooked right from the beginning. Um, I coded as much as I could get my hands on it in the little bit of uh free time that I had and I took a massive open online course it's called a MOoc um they've got about thirty thousand people taking the classes at a time, and I uh, took as many of those as I could um in fact, one of them I took three times um, until I finally mastered it. I really enjoyed it as a hobby. Um, and then I got kind of burnt out teaching and um, was looking to change my career. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence that I could code as a career, um, and so I was pursuing a career maybe as like a DBA or some, or some sort of um, admin or something like that. And then I had some encouragement from my husband and a few friends. and. Um, I found I found out about boot camps, I hadn't even heard of them, and uh, did a bunch of research and decided to go to go to a boot camp, it was completely overwhelming and scary, um, but it was the best decision I could have ever made, and uh, yeah, and so now I've been a developer for, for a, a few years now.
1: That's awesome. I, myself, also went through a boot camp, as the listeners know, and it is one of the best decisions that I have personally ever made. I have a master's in business, and my mom always insists that that's the reason that I get jobs. But I always tell people it is that six-week, six to ten-week uh, boot camp that I went through that got me to the place where I am today, and I'm forever grateful that boot camps existed when I wanted to become a developer.
0: Same, yeah. I I definitely lacked a lot of confidence, and for me, it made a big difference to have sort of a, a rubber stamp, like someone telling me, like, yes, you may now go apply for jobs. I know a lot of people kind of just learn on their own and, and then feel comfortable doing that. But for me, I, I really um, felt more comfortable once I had uh, a little bit of um, experience behind me and, and someone um, telling me that I knew something that was really powerful for me.
1: Absolutely. I'm super grateful for having that mentor as well. So Polly, what has been your top highlight in your Ruby career?
0: Um, so my, I went to Ruby for good for the first time the weekend before my final project was due while I was in um, boot camp still. And people recommended it to me. They said it was going to be better use of my time that particular weekend than working on my project. I was really dubious at first, but um, they couldn't have been more right. I met wonderful people. Uh, it's a very self-selected group of people, um, but uh, it, it was an amazing group of people that I got to spend some time with. I had the opportunity to teach and learn. Uh, there was someone in my group who was actually setting up their dev environment, and uh, so it's pretty cool to be on both sides of that. I met my mentor there. I made lifelong friends. It was, it was really amazing, but my highlight was um, a game of werewolf. I had never played werewolf before, um, but we played it at this. Ruby for Good and every other one I've been to. And um, we finished a a particularly interesting game and afterwards people were um, discussing it and analyzing it and about the three hour mark of talking about it over and over and over, I realized like I had really found my people because I have been criticized my entire life for being over analytical. (laughs) And um, I've really never met other people who enjoy thinking about something so simple and um, seemingly not important, um, but it's just just interesting. And we um, talked about it and talked about it and talked about it, and it was just such a comfortable place for me. I really uh, found my place. And I can't say I've fit in everywhere as a developer um, that I've gone, but at Ruby for Good and WeCamp, they're just really my happy place, and um, I'm grateful to have that, that space.
1: Yeah, we're so lucky in our community to have so many different opportunities to connect with others, and it sounds like the, those organizations are really great and definitely something that I want to dive into. But before we get into that, I'd love to hear what the, is the day in the life of your current job at USCIS.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so I've only been there for three months, so I'm still learning all the uh, acronyms. <laughs> um, but we build software to help asylum seekers and refugees. We do 100% pairing, which is intense. Um, we do extreme which I'm still learning a lot about, but I I really like the values. Um, I hear that it's quite different than other places in the government. I don't have a lot to compare it to, um, but we do work very closely with our PMs and designers, um, which I think is, is is great. We have a wonderful mission, so it feels good to go to work and and uh, know that I'm helping people. We get to work from home a lot, which is really great, and we have quite a distributed team, so our, um, our pairing is almost always remote, which is kind of interesting.
1: So that's so interesting that you do extreme programming. From what I understand, it is something that Kent Beck created as an agile project management methodology. So it supports frequent releases and short development cycles to improve software quality. And I've heard that it allows developers to respond to changing customer requirements quickly, which sounds like maybe involves a lot of sprint planning, pairing. Has that been your experience so far?
0: Yeah, it it definitely, um... It definitely does. I, we don't work in sprints, but, we, um, but it is a very, like, quick turnaround. We deploy frequently. Um, we have the option to um, meet with de- designers and say, you know, could we, could we maybe try it this way or what do you think about this? And I really enjoy that, that part of it.
1: That sounds really ideal. The main vendor that we work with at our job, if we find a defect or we have a feature request, we will reach out to them and they'll say, great, we're happy to work on that. You'll probably see that in the next couple months. And that part just always floors me just because I've gotten really used to frequent deployment cycles. And I just feel that that's where technology has been going.
0: Absolutely.
1: So let's talk about the things that you do for fun. What is Ruby for good?
0: Um, Ruby for Good is an event um, where we work on apps for nonprofits. Before the event, we work with the nonprofit. We pick team leaders, we establish an MVP, we get a lot of setup done before the event. Um, at the event, it, it has a lot of similarities to a hackathon, and people always ask us if it's a hackathon, but um, our founder, Sean, really cringes when anyone calls it a hackathon. We have some pretty intentional differences. Um, We have a hard stop at dinner, and after dinner, people do what feels good for them. Some people need some alone time after the intense programming um, all day. Um, We have a a bunch of social things planned based on um, the attendees. People who are interested in certain things will set up um, activities in the evening. That might be some games, um, some dance lessons, meditation, karaoke, um, all kinds of fun stuff. And um, building community is like a huge part of our mission. So yes, we work on projects, um, we build great things for nonprofits, but um, we, we do a lot more too. Um, we have a variety of developers who attend from beginners, like I said before, who are just setting up their environment to very experienced um, people. This last event that we just had, we had five to 10 Um, devs who had their first PR merged into open source. So that's like super exciting. And uh, we aren't just Ruby either, we have uh, JavaScript people because we always need uh, great devs to work on the front end. And this last year, we also added project managers, which we hadn't had in the past and we kind of experimented with. Um, And it worked out really well. Uh, Project managers are really good at what they do and devs don't always want to do um project manager work and so it just worked really well to have somebody managing a project before during and after the event
1: that's so great I will tell you that Ruby for Good is on my bucket list of things that I want to do during my Ruby career. I am a former project manager, and I love the idea that you would incorporate project managers into the event. I have attended startup weekends before as a project manager. And it is definitely a very underrated skill to have someone who can loop everyone together, keep everyone on task, make sure that the slides look good, that you have the right person pitching your idea, that the client that you're building the service for is in sync and is providing feedback. So I think that's really wonderful that you would get that involved. The other thing that I really like about review for good and something that I strongly believe in, I love hackathons, but I don't like building toy applications that are just going to get thrown away at the end of the weekend. I like the idea that the projects that you choose go on and continue and bring in new developers to contribute to that community.
0: I don't think we realized how much of a difference the project managers were going to make, um, but we thought we would try it and it it really was amazing. They have a completely different skill set, I think, um, from developers and they bring so much to the team and we we really appreciated it and having them this year made such a difference, at least to the teams I was working on.
1: So how are the projects chosen for the weekend?
0: So. It's kind of a broad answer, but we basically pick the projects that we think will create the most successful event. Um, attendees at Ruby For Good get to pick which project they work on, so we don't have um, designated team size for the projects. They ha- get time to f- get to know the projects and talk to the team leads and things during the event, and then they get to pick which project they want to work on. And some people choose based on the mission. They might want to help children or they might want to help um, uh, an environmental mission or something like that. Or they might choose based on the tech stack that the team lead has chosen or a specific challenge that they're facing for that project. Maybe the project has to work offline and that really appeals to someone. Um, So we like to have a variety of uh, types of projects from Greenfield to Brownfield and environmental or something that's helping kids, things like that, so that um, we can have projects that will appeal to all of our attendees. Um, we also choose based on the availability of the nonprofit. So um, we need to be able to meet with them and get requirements. We have to have um, time available throughout the weekend so that we can be in touch with them. Because as you know, as we're as we're building the software, um, things come up, questions come up, and uh, we have to have someone who's available. Recently, we had a project um, that pulled out right before our last event because um, they just weren't able to meet those time requirements. They they realized that summer was just their busiest time of year. They're already overworked. All of their people are already putting in extra hours, and they just didn't have um, anyone available to uh, work with us. And so we kind of put that on hold and hopefully we'll get to them at um, our next event, which will be Ruby by the Bay in the spring and um, and that'll be when they're not so busy.
1: That makes sense. So what's the pitch to the nonprofits? Is it something that you go out and approach them and say, hey, we have these developers that want to contribute good things to the community? Would you be interested in getting involved or the nonprofits approaching Ruby for good?
0: So we do have an application on our website at rubyforgood.org. So definitely, um, people can apply that way. But m- yeah, mostly we're we're going out and we're trying to find contacts and find projects. Um, people don't always know we're here. Um, they don't always trust free either. So you're like like you said, if we just go and say, hey, we're making free software, people are like, nothing in life is free. Um, they they don't know how they're There could possibly be something that's not going to wind up costing them Um, and also they get sort of um, ingrained in a certain way of doing something they don't always know that there is an easier easier way to do something so often if I am speaking to someone who works for a nonprofit I might ask in the beginning I might have asked uh, hey do you need help with an app and a lot of times they just say no But um, I started asking questions like, "Hey, do you guys use a really crazy spreadsheet where you have to like print something out, and then someone does something, and then someone has to do something else with that, and then you put it back in the thing, or um, you know this like multi-step process?" Um, and inevitably, people say, "Yeah, we do this," and then they explain their process, and um, and then we're able to say, "Hey, there's you know we might be able to help you out."
1: that makes sense. So let's talk about how the event works. So the attendees come, they hear the projects that are going to be participating the weekend, they form teams, they build, do they build an MVP and then present that at the end of the weekend? So during
0: the event, um, they work mostly the projects don't get to an MVP during the um, during the two days. So they do present at the end, whatever progress they've made. Um, and then they sort of, uh, decide on a timeline, you know, what's going to happen going forward. So currently we're still working on our projects from Ruby for Goods, which was back in
1: July. So what happens after an event? Do teammates decide how they're going to communicate further going forward? Is everything taking place on GitHub? What kind of tools are they using to keep the project going?
0: Yeah. So after the event, um, people sleep a lot, (laughs) a lot uh, it's fun exhilarating but it's also super exhausting um, so usually um, a couple weeks after that the team leaders will meet with the stakeholders they sort of get some feedback and share the progress that was made um, they reassess their MVPs their stretch goals things like that um, and then yeah we use we use github so they keep writing tickets where we recruit people opportunities like hacktoberfest come and we're um you know we're getting lots of contributors it's awesome and um we get people working on these projects that we've never met that have never been to a ruby for good they just sort of find our issues on github and um and and we work from there some people from the event do continue to work on the projects um, but not everybody um, has that ability so it's not a requirement if you come to ruby for good that you have to keep working on the project afterwards but we do find people pick Projects for the technical challenge, or because they've connected to the to the mission, and so they oftentimes are still connected to that afterwards, and they want to keep contributing. And they, you know, they've invested a lot, so they really want to see it get to deployment.
1: I think that's wonderful. So, speaking of, tell us about a recent project that you're excited that Ruby for Good is working on.
0: I think I'd like to tell you about our most successful app because it, it sort of demonstrates um, all of the things. Um, that we hope for for Ruby for Good. So that's our diaper app. It started three years ago. It was built for um, just one diaper bank at Ruby for Good. And we were they were actually counting the diapers by hand, each diaper, and so we created an app that used a scale and was able to calculate the number of diapers based on the weight. And it was an inventory management system And they were so excited. They went and told all their diaper bank friends. And their diaper bank friends were like, hey, can I get that too? So at the next year's Ruby for Good event, we extended, we leveraged what we had made. We extended it um, for other diaper banks. And since then, it's just been growing like crazy. Um, We are backed by the National uh, Diaper Bank Network. We've been invited to present our app at their conference this year, the National Diaper Bank Conference. We've got 60 diaper banks using it at this point, with um, hopefully soon we'll have over 200. So it's really cool, we, we actually are helping um, over a million kids to get diapers, and uh, when we reach our projected amount, we'll be helping over three million. Nobody gets paid, not a single person, and I just think that is so cool that it's getting supported. We've also leveraged this um, and created a partner app, so each of the diaper banks don't actually give diapers directly to clients they give them to um, food pantries and shelters and things like that and so those are the partners of the diaper app the the diaper banks and so we've created an app that um, works with those partners so that they can request diapers Um, we have found a sponsor who's willing to help so we're actually having a retreat in Ohio um to get ready for that um conference that's next month and you know it's just success breeds success and it's just so exciting to see um how many people this could help when it just started with one diaper app
1: that is absolutely amazing and it truly shows that ruby can be used for good i just love the fact that the project's been has been going on for three years and it really shows that this this kind of project can really have longevity to it um so speaking of the, the Diaper app, how do the projects continue to be supported? Is there a central place that developers can go to see all the projects that have come out of Ruby for Good so that they can contribute after the event? How does that work? Um, so before, before the event, we,
0: we contact our previous projects. We ask them if they are having any problems, if they need any uh, new features. Usually they say no. It speaks to what a great job our, our folks do on the projects to start with. Um, but it's also because um, often they're overworked, they're grateful for what we've provided so far, and um, they get, you know, so it's sort of like when we're pitching to people, they just don't realize like what all the possibilities out there are. Um, so usually we just continue to maintain the projects. Um, we have folks that keep an eye on, on things, and we've got Slack channels and um, alerts set up and things like that. Um, we've always got people around um, who are willing to help so sometimes we maintain the projects like that and then other times we actually hand, um, hand the projects back off to a partner so we worked with World Wildlife Fund one year we worked with Terra Stories in, in those instances we were actually working on their code um, and so at the end when we've wrapped everything up we actually hand the code back to them
1: Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense So now you've sold all the listeners on getting involved with Ruby for Good. How can listeners get involved with the project?
0: Yay! We love to recruit more and more people to join us. So, number one, you can pick a project, take an issue on GitHub, and work on it. Submit a PR, and get your Hacktoberfest shirt this month. Uh, We have four projects that are still working towards MVP from our last event. So, we've got baby wearing, which um, helps babies and caregivers, we've got Voices of Consent, which is um, an app that helps victims of abuse. We've got White Abalone, which is a um, an environmental project that's helping keep the white abalone from going extinct. And we've got Coral, which is a group in French Polynesia who has a mission to save coral reefs through uh, coral gardening. So we've got those four projects still going, and of course, Diaper is getting ready for their big conference. So. Um, folks can pick up an issue on GitHub and help us out. Um, The second way you can get involved is to help us find projects. So if you know anyone who who works or volunteers for a nonprofit and might need our help, um, get us in touch with them. They don't even have to really know for sure what what needs to be done. We can work with them to figure out um, where we might be able to help. Um, The third way is to help us find sponsors. um, people do pay for tickets to come, but it's quite an expensive event and and really the only way we're able to do it is through sponsorship. Um, it's a great way to um recruit so if you sponsor and you send someone from your company, this is an amazing self- selected group of people who all pay to come and write apps <laughs> uh, when they would normally get paid to do it. So we find that we have great folks there. We have a meet and greet so that. Folks can get to know the sponsors companies and if they're hiring um, they can they can tell people about their company That's um, awesome. the, yeah it's great and the last the last way they can get involved is to um, actually come to an event so like you said I'm gonna hold you to it I can't wait to see you um, at Ruby by the Bay or uh, at our summer event in DC Ruby for good
1: That would be wonderful i'm going to plan for it for next summer i can't wait so polly thank you so much for being on the show how can listeners follow you and ruby for good oh great so thanks for having me um
0: rubyforgood.org is our website and we've got links to github slack and twitter our twitter is just ruby for good um with f-o-r spelled out for um everyone's welcome to join our community you can come find us on slack we've got channels for each of the apps, so you can connect with folks. You don't just have to pick up an, an issue on GitHub and work on it in solo. Um, they can email me. My email is poly at rubyforgood.org. Um, or they can reach out on Slack And if they have any questions or suggestions. And um, if they know a company that would like to sponsor, please um, please help us do the good that we're trying to do. Thanks so much.
1: Excellent. We will definitely link all of that up in the show. I hope this interview has inspired you to take Minneswan to heart. Talk to you next week.